Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Cody Smith, founder of Virtuous Fitness and Virtuous Grappling. Each week, we're bringing new episodes focusing on fitness, nutrition, grappling, personal development, business, and much more. It's my mission to give you the information and tools you need to optimize your life through our Create Yourself mindset. If you enjoy this show, be sure to give it a rating and review on whatever platform you use, and be sure to click the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. What's going on, you guys, and welcome back to the Virtuous Coach Podcast. If you are joining me right now on YouTube, hello, hope you guys are doing awesome today. I hope you're having the best day of your life. In this episode, I'm going to share with you guys some of the top things that I learned running my first ultra marathon and what I'm currently working on as I prepare to go into my second ultra marathon. These are pretty cool lessons, things that uh, I had initially prepared for in the first race, but things that I learned along the way and I am also preparing for in this upcoming race. Right now, I'm in preparation for my second ultra marathon. We've actually got an entire huge crew of people that is running this upcoming race at the second week of April. At the time of recording this, I'm in the second week of January, but we're in this prep for the ultra marathon. And we probably have about four or five people in the gym that are running it. I've got a couple of my jujitsu guys that are running it with us as well. And I even have some friends that are flying in from the East Coast that are going to be participating in this race. It is the Olympic Adventure Trail 50K. The one that I ran last year, the one that I have a vlog for on this YouTube channel is was the um, Dirty Turtle 50K. Crazy experience. I learned so much in that race and, and the lessons that I took from that, I'm actually putting forward into this upcoming 50K as well. And it's kind of cool because there are a lot of people in the crew that are going to be running it with us that have actually never done an ultra marathon. So I feel like I'm kind of the, the elder in a way just because I have experienced it and I know what to expect and some things to prepare for. And if you guys are out there looking to run your first ultra marathon, I hope that some of these tips that I have written down here can be powerful for you and can be very, very helpful. Do me a favor. If you are listening to this show from iTunes or Spotify, I need your help to help me to grow this show. If you could just simply take a screenshot on your phone, post it on your Instagram story, and then make sure to tag me in it. I'm at Coach Cody Smith. I ask you guys to do that because it gives me an opportunity to connect with you and it gives me an opportunity to just see that people are getting value from this show. That's very motivational to me. That's very helpful for me to continue to push out content. I appreciate those of you out there that are doing that. But if you're new to the show, that's the only thing that I ask for. It takes you a couple minutes. You can post it up and then I, you and I can connect on social media. Second thing, if you're watching this, right? If you're on camera, if you're watching me through YouTube, do me a favor. If you're not already, go ahead and click that subscribe button. One, that keeps it to where you don't miss any content that I release, but also it just gives me this idea that I have more people following watching the show. I know a lot of people do watch the show on YouTube and don't subscribe, and that's okay. I do it from time to time too when I watch different people, but subscribing to a person just, just essentially raises your hand and says like, hey, I appreciate you, and I'm here to see what you got and what you're putting out for us. So go ahead and do that for me, and then if you're feeling extra generous, hit that thumbs up. That always helps me as well. So like I said, I've got some tips for you guys to help you to run your first ultra marathon. This is something that I studied a ton before I ran mine. I am very much like the science guy. I'm very much the guy that I want to have a plan. I want to have a process. I want to have a framework to work inside of. And when I ran my first ultra marathon, I watched vlog after vlog. I listened to podcast after podcast. I read books. I just wanted to make sure that I was prepared when I went in and I ran my first run. And this is some of the, the top things that for me actually going through the race that I found to be extremely helpful. And then I just want to share them with you guys so that you can maybe 
maybe prevent you from making the same mistakes that I saw a lot of runners that day make. I mean, I can't tell you how many people that I saw just bowing out. I, I saw one person that actually bowed out of the 50K about 20 miles in. And in my head, I'm like, you're so close to being done. You know, why not push through? But again, the preparation wasn't there and that's okay. They decided that they would live to fight another day and I could respect that. But if you just follow these simple things that I have for you here, it will help you to be just a little bit more successful. So first thing, first tip for you running your ultra marathon, have a hydration plan. Okay. I know it goes without saying, okay, yes, Cody, I need to drink water. I need to make sure that I am hydrated. Yes, I am saying that. And I know you know that, but what I'm talking about here is it's not just the day of the race. It's not just the morning of the race. It is the days leading up to the race as well. For me, every single day, and I've, and I've done this for a number of years, every single day I shoot for about a gallon of water and I start my day with some form of electrolyte, somewhere between like 100 and 300 milligrams. Um, whether that be like, I'm a big fan of BPN. I think their, their endurance supplements are fantastic. You know, we get their single serving packs, Megan and I. We get their uh, electrolytes, single serving packs, like the lemon lime. I love to have those. But when I go for like my long runs anyways, I almost always have some sodium and carbs and I throw extra electrolytes into that. So when I'm talking about having a hydration plan, go into the race pre-hydrated. Have a couple of days before where you are drinking a half gallon, a gallon of water every single day, and then mixing in electrolytes on top of it. You just don't want to find yourself deep into this run several miles in and you know, you're no longer sweating. You're, you know, you're finding that your muscles are stiffening up. I saw a lot of people that you can tell that weren't pre-hydrated just because they're, again, depending on the length of the race that you're doing, again, I'm talking through the frame of like only experiencing a 50K. I realize that people run 50 miles and they run 100 miles. I'm a recreational runner. I do this just for fun. I do it because I like the challenge of it. And I'm just sharing from my experience and some, some things that I've learned. But I saw a lot of people out there, even though that there were aid stations, sometimes the gap between aid stations is pretty significant. So making sure that you're hydrated before and then throughout the race, you've got a way to hydrate. I ran in a, gosh, what is it called? Uh, I believe it's a Solomon vest and I've got about 16 ounce water packs that sit on my vest. Those were also filled with electrolytes and carbs. So I knew that I needed to make sure that I was hydrated before going into the race. I wanted to make sure that I had a good plan for hydration during the race. And then as I got deeper into the waters, I wanted to make sure that, again, you're going to run out of water in your vest. You want to make sure like, hey, I'm conserving water between aid stations. When I get to the aid station, I'm going to make sure that I fill them both up, have, electro, have extra electrolytes on you. I had this plan for my hydration the entire race so that I never found myself in this place where I didn't have any water on me or I felt dehydrated. It's really hard to be in between those, you know, those aid stations and to not have any sort of hydration set up for yourself. So first tip, make sure to have a hydration plan and to have a plan of attack about how you're going to go about that. Second thing, sodium intake. <clears throat> Best research shows four to 600 milligrams per hour is adequate. What I typically do, like I said, is I start every morning with electrolytes anyways. Somewhere between, again, uh, 100 and 300 milligrams of sodium is what I typically like to do. So I'll have that electrolytes in the morning, but as I go into my runs, and, and these are things, again, that I have practiced throughout that process, as I go into my run, I have my morning electrolytes, but I also will drink some more electrolytes as I go 
on the way to my race. If I'm going for a long run in the morning, I do the same thing. I have about a shaker cup full of my sodium and my electrolytes. But during the race as well, I mentioned in the first tip about having proper hydration. I almost always have like a Ziploc bag full of electrolytes. Salt pills are very, very popular for, for people. Um, as long as you are making sure you are, you are maintaining adequate sodium levels, that prevents you from cramping and bonking out. Um, at the last, I think it was like mile, there was one particular climb. If you go back and you look at my vlog that I did on YouTube of the Dirty Turtle 50K, there was a point, I believe it was like mile 28 or 29. It might've been a little bit sooner than that, but there was this very, very steep climb. I felt like I would, I was hiking and climbing up a straight, like literally up a mountain for about 45 minutes to an hour straight. And there was a certain point in that climb where my body started to cramp my hamstrings, my quads, my calves. I, again, I had, it was, you know, that day was in high seventies. So there was a lot of sweating going on. I was sweating through everything. You know, I had the salt lines on all my gear that day from all the sweat and all the salt that I had essentially sweated out. And as I'm making that climb up that turtle rock, my body just started to cramp. And luckily for me, my coach prior to that, my coach for that race, his name is Jeremy Miller. Um, he had mentioned that like, I want to have these salt pills and I want to make sure that my sodium intake is very, very high throughout the entire process. And about every 30 minutes to an hour, I would take a salt pill or two. And I'd done that most of the race, but as I got towards the end, I started to run low on my salt pills. So I tried to conserve and just wait until I needed them. And as I got deep into that climb, my, all my body started to cramp. So I had to take a few minutes where I stopped, swigged on a little bit of water and took those salt pills and had to wait for that salt to enter into my bloodstream and to start to loosen things up and to undo those cramps. When it did that, I was able to continue and to finish my climb. I got to the top where the aid station was and got some electrolytes from them too. But I say those things to say, I had a plan in which I incorporated a ton of sodium into my diet that day, my diet before that, and then I had a sodium plan throughout that entire process. Prior to getting into any sort of endurance stuff, I never had to pay much attention to that. It wasn't something that I gave a lot of value to, but having experienced some of these long runs, I mean, I just ran the Marine Corps marathon in October, which is a few months ago from recording this right now, and another hot day. I sweat a lot. I was drinking plenty of water. I try to stay on top of it. I'm taking salt pills, and even still, towards the very end, I started to cramp Again, I'm a 235 pound guy. I am six foot five. There's a, lot, there's a lot of me that is going through these events. And even still, with all those things taken into account, at the end of that race, I started to catch a little bit of a cramp. I was running with a good friend of mine, and as he took off, I tried to keep up with him, and my hamstrings were pulsing. And I knew I was like, if, if I were to, to over, over um, what's the word I'm looking for? If I were to like overstimulate myself and to push myself too intense in that, in that moment, I might have cramped and had to walk the rest of the time. So I say those things to say, make sure that number one, you have a hydration plan, and number two, you are taking proper amount of sodium. The, the recommended amount based off of research that I kind of looked at both prior to my race and having gone through it was like about 400 to 600 milligrams per hour. Third tip that I've got for you guys, shoes matter. I tried a number of different shoes Throughout my, my running process, I've used Hoka's, my wife has used Ultra's, we've used New Balances, we've used a ton of different ones. From everybody that I've spoke to and from my personal experience, my wife's personal experience, I tend to recommend the Hoka Speed Goat trail shoe to pretty much anybody that is getting into trail running. 
Um, they seem to be the best. They had the most positive reviews online. I, I haven't read too many. I think the only thing that I read about the Hoka Speed Goats that was like something that people didn't love was that they they felt a little wide in the toe box. And I understand they have like a wide and have like a normal fit. I use the wide toe and that works well for me. But I can't tell you that when you're out on the trail that long and you've got shoes that are hurting your feet, it, it's never really the first few miles that you have to account for, you almost always have to account for the back end of the race when you've been in these shoes for a long period of time. You know, I know a lot of people like the minimalist. They like to have the ultras or the zero drop. I know for me as a, as a bigger guy, I really need that cushion in the shoe just to protect my foot. I mean, things like the rocks, the roots, all the things that you're stepping on. Sometimes you're stepping on it. You're a little off balance. You're going downhill. You need shoes that are both comfortable that are durable, that protect your feet, and then just provide as much comfort as possible. Because again, depending on your distance, sometimes it doesn't matter. You're going to get blisters. You're, you know, things are going to start to hurt. But the more you are set up for success in the beginning, the better. So if you're looking to run an ultra marathon or a lengthy trail run, it is very important that you have a good quality shoe and one that you have trained in beforehand. Next thing. Practice your pre-race routine. This is the first thing with all of my nutrition clients, all of my training clients that I work with one-on-one. -on -one, that's one of the first things that I ask them when they are starting to do some of their training runs is like, hey, what is your pre-race nutrition plan uh, in your routine looks like? So I'll kind of run through mine. I wrote it down here for you guys. I just kind of want to share with you guys on. So first thing, I wake up about 4.30, 4.45 every day. This is something that I do all the time. My body is completely used to this. This is not just something that I'm going to do on race day. I know that I've set that time for myself and my, my body's natural algorithm, even on the weekends, I tend to wake up pretty early just because my body's used to being up then. But I wake up about 4.45 to 4.30 every day. The very first thing that I do, whether it's a, and these are for the most part, minus some of the nutrition stuff that I'm going to share here, I pretty much do it every day, but this is something that I do specifically to on my, my run days or my pre-race. Again, my pre-race running, my pre-race routine and my pre-running routine are almost one in the same. It just depends on how the amount of carbs that I eat beforehand is really the, the main factor that I switch. But like I said, get up at 445 to 430. I go right into drinking 12 to 16 ounces of water. Sometimes I'll substitute and I'll throw some greens and some reds into that. I use a company called First Form. I love their products. I think they're fantastic, but I'll throw greens and reds in on that. And then I almost always will have some coffee. I have coffee for a specific reason. One, it wakes me up. But the second thing is it just gets things moving because I don't want to be out on a long run or in the race and I've got digestive issues going on. So the coffee just kind of gets things going for me. Then for my pre-run meal, I typically will do a bagel. I will toast that bagel. I will put uh, about a tablespoon of peanut butter on top of that. I will use honey. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, I will, I will cut up into little like, quarter size um, pieces of a banana and I'll basically spread that around the bagel on both sides of that bagel and again I've kind of put the honey on top of that that typically is my pre-run meal then immediately I'm typically ready to go to the bathroom I run into the bathroom I get my digest digestive issues kind of figured out and then I will almost always go into having my water my electrolytes and my sodium I shoot for about 750 milligrams of sodium if whether it's a, a pre-race or I'm getting ready to go on one of my longer runs, if I'm running typically more than six miles, I almost always am going to run that same routine, that same amount 
of uh, sodium. So for me, currently for my, again, for most of my supplements, I use first form. I use their proteins. I use all of their, I use their whey-based proteins. I use their BCAAs. I have their creatine. However, when it comes to the endurance supplement, I've gotten really used to using BPN. I'm a big fan of Nick Bear. He's been a crazy influence in my life. And although I take a lot of the first form products, like I said, I love the BPN products just simply because I'm the most used to them and it, it allows me to kind of support somebody that's been an influence in my life. So I take their Go One More Sport uh, carb and electrolyte supplement and then I actually mix just a little bit more BPN electrolytes in with that and that's what gives me, gives me my 750 milligrams of um, sodium beforehand and then it gives me that 50 carbs. And sometimes I'm drinking that like on the way to the beginning of my run. I'll drink that typically. I'll start drinking it when I walk out the door, when I'm sitting in my truck, and then as I'm driving to where I'm gonna go, I park, I finish it, and then I'm out into my warm up, and then I'm out of my run. I think it's important to practice this because you don't want anything left to chance day of the run. You want your body used to digesting the things that you're getting it, or that you're giving it. You don't want your body to be shocked or to give you any sort of anomaly before you go into the race. And this is very important, especially because on an ultra marathon, you're going to be running for so long. You want everything. You want to minimize mistakes and increase likelihood of success. And you do that through pre-planning and experiencing the same things day in and day out. So there's no anomalies in your plan. Next, this is more, this is a personal preference. I realize some people have a certain opinion about this, but trekking poles. So I use the black diamond trail explorer three poles. I like those because they are collapsible and I can, I'm, I'm a very tall guy. So having something that I can kind of stretch out as I'm out of my run to help me, to give me balance is very, very important. So when I ran the dirty turtle 50 K, it was two 15 miles, <clears throat> excuse me, two 15 and some change, um, mile loops. Essentially I ran the first loop without any trekking poles and it was fine. I was able to get through it, but in that second loop through, I was like, okay, my legs are tired. I'm going to bring these just in case. I collapsed them, stuck them in my vest, and then I was off, off I went, right? As I got back into those uphills and a lot of those climbs, that trekking poles came in such, they, they paid such huge dividends for me being able to finish. And a lot of times when my legs didn't have it, I was able to give support through my arms to be able to get through that process and to be able to get through those runs. So now when people ask me like, hey, what do you think about trekking poles? I immediately go to like, absolutely, they're a must. You got to have them. My wife and I were having a conversation because she's going to be running this ultra with us. And, um, you know, we were like, hey, we're going to get you some trekking poles just because I know they're going to come in handy later on. And Recently, when I ran, and, and again, I believe I had a vlog for this too, when I ran, I paced a good friend of mine for the last 20 miles of her 50K. There was a period of time where she wanted to use my trekking pole as well, so I kind of gave her one of them just to help her to get through. So trekking poles, a must. I would highly recommend those. Again, I use the Black Diamond Trail Explorer 3s. They work well for me. I realize there's other ones out there for me. I like how I can collapse them and I can expand them. They're lightweight. I will tell you, I've noticed a lot of people will use... I don't even know what they are, but like, it's like a certain type of glove because for me, as I was pushing down on the top of that trekking pole so many times, it did start to kind of dig into my hand a little bit. So, um, I am going to take that into account this time and maybe even look online to try to find me some of those gloves before I do my ultra. Next thing, plan of attack for the race. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of recommending to power hike uphill and to run into jog flats and downhills. I realize that a lot of people do that. And I know there's some studs out there that can run uphill and run downhill. I know for me, it allowed me to manage fatigue and depending on the amount of elevation that you're going to get, 
you got to understand that for most people, it's not about finishing the ultra fast. It's just simply about finishing in the first place. And it's incredibly hard. Again, if you are going fast from the very beginning, and I'm talking to those of you out there that are doing your first one, you want to make sure that you are preparing for the end of the race. You're preparing for that time that you've never, that place that you've never been before. You're preparing for the fatigue that you are not yet feeling. I found for me that power hiking up hills, saving myself, and then jogging or running the downhills and the flats was a good break in the monotony. Because again, when you run a, when I, when I ran my ultra versus my marathon, my marathon, I was so sore. I hurt to walk after I was limping around for days after I couldn't coach. I couldn't do anything at the gym. Whereas when I did my ultra, I went out to dinner with my family that night and everything was completely fine. But I think it's because the change in terrain really made a difference, but also the pacing, like I wasn't running the entire time for 32 miles. I was jogging a little bit, hiking a little bit, climbing a little bit, walking, walking a little bit, jogging. And there was just constant change of tempo, but also constant change of terrain that really made a big difference. So now when I, when I go running with people and we're like training for an ultra or I'm coaching people who are going to do an ultra, I recommend to them that they just simply power hike or fast walk uphill and then run and jog the flats. Next thing, start slow, start slow from the beginning. You guys, it is a long, long run. Do not start and go fast in the very beginning and then find yourself at the end of the race with nothing left. I can't stress enough. You probably you probably should go slower than you think you can or than you think you should. I started my race and there were so many people that blew by me. So many people that were just, you know, just full of energy, full of life. They were excited. It's easy to get caught up in the, the excitement of starting the race. But what I took into account for myself is how I was going to feel at the end. I didn't want to get to the end of my run and know that I had paced it incorrectly in the very beginning. And by the time I got to the end of my run, there were people that were sitting down on the side of the trails. I went by them and I was polite. I, you know, I said hi to them, but in my head, I was like, you started too fast. You went too hard from the very beginning. There were people that had uh, ended up not finishing the race that I had saw run by me in the very beginning. Start slow, start slow from the very beginning. Already had that planned out you know, train hard, like don't train slow, don't train, you know, don't put the hard training in. I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm just simply saying in the very beginning, save yourself. Don't start to turn it on until you have managed your fatigue. If talking to those of you out there, if you're, again, I'm running 50K, my plan is to make sure that I maintain my effort and maintain my output for about the first 20 to 25 miles. And then if, I've, if I'm feeling good, I will turn it on from there rather than turning it on from the very beginning, getting to 20 and 25 miles and feeling like I'm in trouble. I felt completely fine in my ultra all the way up until about that 20 to 25 mile mark. And then I really knew where I stood the same way as when I ran a mar when I run my marathons, it's always like mile 20 to 21, where I start to know, like if my pace was, was right from the very beginning and how I should, what I should do to kind of finish the rest of the way. So start slow. Think about running based off of effort, not, not so much about pace. Terrain will really change and try to maintain a pace that you can hold that, and, and, and not have to worry about, you know, falling off. I try to manage like how am I feeling with the temperature? You know, how is my body feeling? How are my feet feeling? What are my, what's the, the situation with my joints? I maintain all those things. And sometimes if you start too fast, it's hard to pay attention to those things. All right. Number eight, actually train for it guys. Yes, you have to actually train for an ultra marathon. It is typically not that race that you can just sign up for and go out and do it. 
unless you're a genetic freak, it is likely going to be something that you are going to have to prepare for, something that you are going to have to make mistakes in training for and, 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 and work extremely hard to be ready for. Running more than a half marathon, in my opinion, is no simple feat. It is something that your body has to acclimate to. And the only way you can do that is through repetition and through practice. So I want you guys to actually get out there and train for it. Um, I wrote down training for this. I made sure to get out in terrain that matched what I would run. I knew I was going to get a ton of elevation in my first ultra marathon. I know I'm going to get a ton of elevation in this one. I go out to the trails that are near me and I would just go up and down to the peak over and over and over again for time. Sometimes in my training, I won't just do mileage because sometimes mileage, like again, the, the terrain will really slow you down. So I often will just set times for myself in a long run. For instance, this past weekend, we ran for 90 minutes or eight miles, whatever came first, but we hit the trails and we just got a ton of climbing and elevation in. And we ended up doing about a little over seven, but we got a ton of elevation. I think we got like 1500 feet of elevation as we went through this training run. And it was because I relied more on effort and I wanted to make sure that I was training that terrain. Next, we want to make sure with that timing thought, we just got to accumulate time on your feet. It's very, very important to train your body to handle how long you're going to be on your feet. It took me about, I think, eight hours and some change to run my 50K. And that's a long time to be on your feet. So your body has to be acclimated to that sort of volume. Next, you need to practice inside of that. When I talk about like actually training for it, like intra race nutrition becomes very, very important. I had a gel. I was using the Go One More Sport gels. Uh, I, I train with the Goose sometimes. I know a lot of people will recommend the, the Morton gels. I did one gel every 45 minutes for my entire ultra to, maintain, to, to make sure that I was fueled adequately. Again, I'm a larger guy, so that works for me. I know some people will do like one gel you know, every six miles. Some people will do one gel every hour. I did one every 30 to 45 minutes, and that kept, kept me fueled, but it also... I trained that way too, so that in my race, my body was used to digesting that amount of, you know, essentially synthetic carbohydrates. Sometimes that could be hard in your stomach if your body's not used to it. So I trained like that. And then I, when I got in my race, that was already practice. I already knew what was going to happen. Okay. Next thing. Number nine, wear good socks. And for God's sakes, clip your toenails. When you are going downhill, your foot will repeatedly jam into the front of your shoe. It will happen over and over and over again. If you've got long toenails, you have bad socks, you will slide and create the most awful blisters and black toenails out there. I didn't have any foot issues. I didn't have any toenail issues inside of my first ultra marathon. And I think that came from, I had a really good pair of socks. I love the features brand of socks. I think they are great running socks. Um, something that I learned is how important it is to wash your socks before you wear them for the first time, just for the dyes and the oils and the things like that, that are in the fabrics. There's actually a documentary with Sally McRae where she's never had like foot issues or anything like that in any of her runs, but inside of one of her like 250 mile races, she put on a pair of socks that was not washed and her feet just got destroyed from the dyes once her foot got hot and started sweating inside of it. And then it created moisture and she started sliding in her shoe. And next thing you know, her entire foot was like a blister. I experienced that one time on a long run. So now every new, new pair of socks that I get, I wash them before I wear them for the first time. And again, I love the features brand. That's very, very important. And then clipping your toenails just prevents you from breaking them as your foot. Because again, when you're going downhill, you're essentially slowing yourself down the entire time, which can be rough on your knees, but it's also really rough on your feet. And if you don't clip your toenails, you're just going to get smashed inside of that. All right, last thing that I want to share with you guys. Number 10, 
eat enough calories. For God's sakes, eat enough calories. I carb loaded for every single race that I've ever done. Ultra marathon, half marathons, marathon, I carb loaded for every single one. I ate as much as 600 carbs for my ultra marathon prior to it. But I also shoot for 25 to 30, or 20 to 30, I think I wrote down, 20 to 30 carbohydrates roughly each hour throughout my entire run. I know some people look more at calories. It's like somewhere between like 100 and 300 every hour. But making sure that you are getting adequate enough calories beforehand and then even during is super important at a minimum, right? I'm a big proponent of tracking macros. I think it's important to track the food that you eat. I think your body weight times like 12 to 15 calories is an adequate amount of calories to eat uh, kind of in general. But you want to take that more to like body weight times 15 to 18 when you're running some of these races. And you can do that through carb load, but day of very, very important to do that too. And getting that one to 300 calories in every hour during the run, super important. Um, you can consume more depending on the distance that you know. I know some of these guys that are doing 50, 100, 150, 200 mile races, they eat literally as much as they can. And at every opportunity, I mean, even in my ultra, there was the, the aid stations had like hot pockets. They had pizza rolls, quesadilla, bacon, just all kinds of stuff because they knew that calories was really, really important. So for you guys out there looking to run your first ultra, just kind of take that into consideration. Understand that you're going to have to eat. This is not a opportunity to lose weight. You need to fuel your body. You need to make sure that you got gas in the tank when you need it. So lastly, I'll give you guys one more. This is more of like a bonus thing. Deal with your issues right away. So if you feel any chafing, if you feel like your vest is rubbing you, if you feel like something, you got a rock in your shoe, something is moving around or something feels off, deal with it right away. Because what happens is that will compound over time into bigger and bigger issues up until the point where it could stop you from running your race. So when I say deal with your issues right away, if you feel something is off, if you feel like something is going to be an issue later, deal with it right now. Don't wait 5, 10, 15 miles later to try to deal with these things when it's too late because it could take you possibly to a point where you're not you're unable to finish that race, which is not what anybody wants here. Everybody here wants to finish this race. If you're watching this or if you're listening to it, I am pretty sure that you are a person that is dialed in, you're chasing goals, you're listening to a personal development podcast like you want to get better. So I know you want to finish this race. If you want to finish this race, you got to be prepared for those when those things show up and you got to deal with them right away. Don't let them compound. Don't say, I'm going to wait for this later. Literally stop. I, I feel, if I feel a rock in my shoe, I will stop. I will sit down. I will get that rock on my shoe. I will tie my shoes tight. And then off I go. Because if that rock digs into my heel or digs into the ball of my foot or gets in between a toe and then it just rubs and rubs and rubs for miles and miles and miles. Next thing you know, I've got a bad blister. If I've got my vest rubbing my shoulder and it's bouncing weird or something like that, and it feels unlike, again, to go back on some of these things, like I've trained, I know what it feels like. I know how things should feel in my body. If during the race, I start to feel these things feel off, I'm going to deal with it right away. So that it doesn't cause a bigger issue later. So you guys, I'm excited to run my first, my second ultra marathon. I hope that if you're watching this, you're looking to learn stuff because you're going to run your first ultra marathon. These are things that I found highly, highly valuable for me. I hope that it was helpful for you. As always, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for watching this on YouTube. Make sure to give this a thumbs up or hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening to it on 
iTunes or Spotify. Just give me that rating and review and take that screenshot and it would be much appreciated. Thank you guys. I love you. Hope you're having the best day of your life and I'll see you on the next show. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Virtuous Coach Podcast. Please leave a rating and review on the platform you are listening to if you enjoyed the show. This helps us to grow and reach more people with the intent of helping people grow through the Create Yourself Mindset. See you on the next episode.